You may have heard that most people who are black have O blood type. O is commonly needed for emergencies. But did you know one in three of us is a match for patients with sickle cell disease? Regardless of blood type, every day our blood saves lives and eases the pain of those living with sickle cell. Donate blood at Red Cross to help us save a life. Black excellence is in our blood. Visit redcrossblood.org slash ourblood to make an appointment now. You know that I feel like it's important to express yourself. You got to put your true self out there. And those classic Crocs, clogs, and sandals let you do that. That's right. Between the rainbow of colors and the gibbets charms, you can create a unique look. And I mean, literally, no one else will have shoes exactly like yours. Hey, you know it doesn't get any more comfortable than the Croc clogs and sandals. They are just the perfect blend of comfort and creativity. Visit Crocs.com to explore the latest styles and gibbets charms. Okay, real talk. When did paying someone back become social media? What do you mean? Let's say I'm trying to lurk on you. You know, see what you're doing and who you're doing it with. I can stalk your pay app and find out what you're doing. Oh, yeah, that's, that's kind of weird. You do that? Not anymore. <laughs> I use Apple Cash. It's built into your iPhone, easy and secure. You can send and receive money right in messages. So no public feeds. And the money is immediately available to use with Apple Pay. Babe, did you just send me a dollar on Apple Cash? I just said our cash isn't content. Shh. <laughs> Services are provided by Green Dot Bank. Member FDIC. Terms apply. There's power in every purchase. Because every time we buy a black-led brand, we make room for another black-led brand. And y'all know I love my lip bar products. That's just one, to name a few. There is a whole collection of black-led products that fit into your daily routine. Show black founders some love. Not just during Black History Month. But all year long. That's right, y'all. Black founders and the products they bring to the table are creating a whole new world of choices at Walmart. That's right. Go to walmart.com slash black and unlimited to discover all the amazing black owned products you can add to your daily routine. As a man, there is a certain responsibility that you take on when you ask a woman to marry you, especially if you ask her to have your children. And that responsibility brings a lot of pressure. And I just feel like pressure bus pipes. <laughs> Diamonds are made under pressure. So, you're welcome. <laughs> Dead ass. Dead ass. Hey, I'm Kadeen. And I'm DeVal. And we're the Ellises. You may know us from posting funny videos with our boys. And reading each other publicly as a form of therapy. Wait, I make you need therapy? Most days. Wow. <laughs> oh, and one more important thing to mention. We're married. Yes, sir, we mm -hmm. are. We created this podcast to open dialogue about some of life's most taboo topics. Things most folks don't want to talk about. Through the lens of a millennial married couple. Deadass is a term that we say every day. So when we say deadass, we're actually saying facts. 100. The truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. <laughs> we about to take Pillow Talk to a whole new level. Deadass starts right now. All right, so this story time is presented to you in the year 2009. The recession hit. My father had lost his job. My brother just graduated from college, and I had got cut by the Cleveland Browns at this point. This was the year after I got cut by the Detroit Lions. 
Uh, Kadena and I had moved back to Brooklyn officially, and we were trying to figure out what we were going to do. So I remember my father, my brother, and I were in the room. We were in my sister's Tory room, and the door was closed. And my father was just like, all right, listen, guys, things are going to be tough. You know, um, at this point, the three of us were not working. And this was the first time all three of us had not been working. My, my brother, like I said, just graduated from college. My father always kept two, three jobs, and I was in the NFL. So my father said, listen, I'm going to take some money out of my 401k. I'm going to make sure that you're comfortable, Deval, your brother's comfortable, and I'm going to, you know, kind of provide us with this little bit of space so that we can kind of figure out what we're going to do next. And I was like, all right, well, you know, are you guys good, you and mommy? He was just like, don't, don't worry about your mother. I was like, what you mean? She was like, mommy works. She was just like, don't. He said, as a man, you don't discuss finances with your wife. Your job as a husband is to make sure that your wife is at peace at all times. Your mom is not to know what issues we have financially. You just work hard. I trust you. I trust your brother. We'll figure it out. But don't disclose things to your mom. Let your mom do what she does, and we have to figure it out as men. And it was at that point that... I realized that there was a lot of pressure that comes with being the head of the household. Kadeen is going to bless us time. with the vocals today. Uh, 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 me, 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 uh, me. I'm going to get the beat for you, though. Ready? All right. Hey. Tell me what you want from me. Take a look at what you see. Uh-huh. Let me know if it's right here. Something you can have for years. Tell me what you want from me. Get it, Take girl. Take a look at what you see. Let me know if it's right here. Something you can have for years. Now, Deval, one one want to see you doing good. I don't want to get rich, leave you, you in the, the hood. hood. Hey. Girl, in my eyes, you the baddest. Reason why I love you, you don't like me because my, my status. <laughs> you don't want to see me with a carriage living average. Nah. You know? Never that. You trying to do the thing so we can be established. Trying to do, oh, bars. Bars. You I took mean, those from Mason. They were Mason's bars, <laughs> but they were bars nonetheless. Bars. I guess we should take it back to story time before we, yes. <laughs> before I apply this pressure on you. <laughs> Let me tell you how much that word. I know. That word has been hot lately. Yes. That word, we've definitely put the word pressure back on the map. Yes. It's like one of the Yes. It was trending. Most, yeah, it was trending. It was trending. Trending the number eight or so. Yes. On so Twitter. I hear. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so I hear. Um, but but take us back to story time real quick because I feel like this is perfect. This is the perfect segue yeah. for us to then unpack uh, this topic of pressure right. and the pressure that was felt yes. by you, um, yes. the pressure applied by me, yes. uh, so to speak. So take us from story time and then I guess we can segue into how that then manifests itself in our soon-to-be married life back in our 20s? Well, I mean, it's it's actually pretty simple, right? Um, 2009 was the year that I had decided that I wasn't going to play football anymore, and we were going through the economic crisis. So um, you and I collectively had, and I say collectively because even though I was working, we were in this as a partnership. Uh, we had lost a ton of money in the stock market. Um, the houses that we bought, the property value was down because the, the housing market burst. So all of the equity that we had in the property was gone. So we could now, we couldn't even sell these properties to get cash because mm -hmm. we were upside down on the mortgage and I wasn't working. So 2009, I'll never forget, I woke up one morning, you were laying in the bed next to me and um, you had a plan, well, you had an appointment for us to go look at a venue. Mm -hmm. And at this time I was still with the Cleveland Browns. And I woke up that morning 
uh, it was July, and I woke up that morning and I got a phone call and I saw the Berea, Ohio area code, and I kind of knew what this was because mm-hmm. I was expecting this. And I got a phone call from the front office said, hey, Deval, you know, we're going to have to let you go. We want to sign some draft picks. So I said, cool. Hung up the phone, and you're like, who was that? I said, you know, it's, um, it was the Browns. They just cut me. And you were like, oh, damn, baby. I know you didn't want to be there. I was like, no, I didn't. She's like, all right, well, we have a venue to go look at. And I was like, damn, I just lost my job. <laughs> and you want to go look at, at venues for the wedding. Mm-hmm. But um, I didn't say anything. I was like, all right, all right, cool, cool. Like, all right, let's, let's go look at these venues. So I got my dumb ass up, and I went to go look at venues with you and your mom. Mm-hmm. Like, everything was perfectly fine. Meanwhile, on the inside, I was kind of like, I don't know how I'm going to make this happen because mm-hmm. I wasn't working. And then I remember we got back home, and you and I sat on your mom's couch. And you was like, well, what do you think about the venue? And I was just like, I don't know. Like, I, I don't know. I'm, I, I kind of feel... You know, I think I might want to wait. You know, I don't I think I might want to wait a little bit, you know what I'm saying, to get married. And you were just kind of like, what you mean? And I was just like, I don't know. I think I just want to wait a little bit. You don't want to wait. And then that's when you said, mm-hmm. I want to get married next year. Mm-hmm. That felt like pressure to me. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't an ultimatum. You didn't say to me, Either we're getting married or next year or we're not getting married. You never said that. Mm-hmm. But it was at this point that I realized, like, dang, like, I did ask her to marry me. So I made that that proposal. Like, I want to do this. And I did want to do this. Right. But so the, there was never the pressure to be married to me at all. No. See, this it is the thing. It was the time frame. See, this is the thing. The pressure didn't come in actual marriage. Mm-hmm. I, had, I had bought a house for us to live in. Mm-hmm. You were living with me full time. Right. So I had already said to you. You are the woman I want to spend the rest of my life with. Mm-hmm. The idea of marriage itself did not scare me mm-hmm. as much as providing the type of wedding and then financial security for the rest of our life did. Right. That scared me. Right. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. The, the idea of marriage itself didn't scare me, but all of those other things that it encompasses being married scared me. Right. And especially since I didn't have a job mm-hmm. and I didn't know where the finance was going to come from. It was, it was, I was kind of nervous. Right. And I get you know? that. And it's funny because at the time, of course, like we've said now, there wasn't a pressure to be married to me. It was just within the time constraints that you feel like I gave you. So, you know, the things that I asked for in terms of moving forward in the relationship was that we be married. And we got engaged. And to me, I was thinking, okay, I'm like rolling into my late 20s now. So in this, again, like I said Previously, Mm -hmm. this timeline that I have in my head of like what's transpiring in my life and where I foresaw me being at these different points, it was rolling around time to be married and have a baby because we had discussed that we'd been together at that point for eight years. Right. So it was like the next thing in succession should have been for us to be married and also being around, you know, our friends who were also at the point either married already, uh, married with at least one child. Yeah engaged, you know, planning their wedding simultaneously. We had a lot of couples who were getting married around the same time. So for me, it just kind of seemed like a natural succession. That was the first thing. Was there immaturity in that? I will admit, absolutely. Because in addition to the immaturity that I felt just being like a 20-something-year-old kind of spoiled girl, like, hey, my parents have afforded me a life that's been amazing so far, and then now I found this amazing man who I want to build a life with, there was a level of Kadeen being a spoiled brat, saying like, listen, this is something that can happen. Like, what do you mean? I was living kind of in my own uh, bubble that was my reality at the time that maybe was not your reality. Also, too, the societal 
pressures, I would say, too. Mm. Meaning that they came kind of indirectly, but like I said, having people around us who were married and things like that, or knowing like you hear this biological clock that ticks, which I know now, years later, that that's not necessarily a thing because women are having children, their first children, you know, well into their 30s. Some people aspire not to have children. Like There are many different things that now I look back on and I'm like, wow, Kadeen, that was something that you just made up in your own mind or that's something that you were just, you know, looking at others around you doing that you felt like you were behind on time, you know? Um, So that was definitely something that I was looking into as well. And I thought that that was like one of those things. Um, It was one of those things where I was just like, you know, I I, got to get it done now. I got you. Um, But can can I ask you a question real quick? You don't feel like, well, I mean, you just admitted that it was, you was kind of selfish and it was immature. Absolutely. But you you can't see how that could feel like pressure to me. No, I understand how it felt like pressure because you felt like, wow, I've then now put all of this on my future husband, my fiance to make it happen. But the the crazy thing about it, it was that based on your personality, based on your work ethic, based on the type of person you were or are actually because you're still this way to this day, Mm -hmm. the relentlessness behind you, that unyielding work work ethic to just do whatever it is you want to do. Like you told me that you want to be in the NFL. You were in the NFL. You told me that you want to be an actor. You're an actor. You are a full-time working right. actor now. So having that faith in you and you being cut from the Browns, I actually just thought that was just part of the process. I'm like, all right, well, you're cut from the Browns today, but that's just the nature of the game. And if you're cut today, chances are your agent's going to find you a place to be and you'll be signed somewhere tomorrow. You know, there was even the the, the perspective, I mean, the um, the possibility of you being signed to Canada. And I was like, well, shit, I guess I'm going to be a Canadian now and we move to Canada and we'll have a life out right. there. So I did not in that moment feel like, um, although you felt pressure, I didn't feel like it was pressure per se because you handled it so well. Um, but like, why did you feel the pressure, I guess? Well, I mean, it's, for me, it's, it's not just feeling the pressure in that moment. There's pressure that exists in being a husband mm-hmm. daily, right. you know, but um, my father just instilled in me from the time I was young that it was my responsibility to remove all stress from my wife. Like, right, and which I appreciate. I mean, I look at your mom and your dad and how they move, and it's just like your mom is, you know, she works her job. She doesn't really have to worry about anything right. else because your dad makes sure he that, that he handles it, you know, and, which, he, and, and I appreciate that. He wasn't, my grandfather was the same way. Mm-hmm. Like my, my grandfather, my, well, my grandmother told me that my pop used to come home with his check, Give her, she handled everything she needed to handle with the kids and herself, and whatever's left over, he took for himself. Mm-hmm. So he he came home, he provided. He was a provider. He was a provider. He, he made his money and took care of his family first. And So it was instilling me that that is what I have to do for the rest of my life. Right. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, when you ask a woman to marry you and have your kids... That is your responsibility. And people can say whatever they want to say about gender roles and let's eliminate gender roles. There, there's one thing that a man can never take off the hands of a woman, and that's having a baby. My father said to me, if you're going to ask the woman you marry to have your children, it is your responsibility to, to, to make sure that your finances cover everything. Because what if she decides she doesn't want to go back to work anymore? What if she can't go back to work? Mm-hmm. So for me, it was like, okay... This is what, you know, this is what I'm at. When I say I want to marry Kadeen, this is what I take on. You understand what I'm saying? I hear you. And just to put things into context, when I got engaged, things were looking very different. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? When I got engaged to you in 2008, I had $200,000 in my bank account. 
I just bought a house for us to live in. I had moved you out there. We lived there together in Michigan for two years. Mm -hmm. um, I was number three on the depth chart. Mm -hmm. So I was looking at, I'm going to play out this season and possibly get a, a big contract next season. Right. Absolutely. So, so that's I, the mindset I had as well, too. I was like, oh, cool. Right. Well. So when I proposed, I was doing things in a place, in, in order of financial consequence. Mm -hmm. I had put things in place to make sure that we were good. So then the next thing is to get married. Mm -hmm. Once all of the finances changed, it kind of changed my order. So it wasn't like, I don't want to get married to this woman anymore. It right. was like, can I do this because I don't care what people say. People going, people get up here all day and be like, "Oh, it's men and women are equal." And I, if your marriage is messed up and y'all are suffering financially, you know who they look at? The husband. <laughs> I, I will say I do. I, don't, I would say the same thing. I don't care if a dude is a stay-at-home dad thing. and a woman is out there busting her tail. Right when things are not going well financially, they look at him and mm -hmm. say, "Yo, you got to, you got to pick up. Mm -hmm. Like you have to do something." Mm -hmm. And and I embrace that because I can't have children, so I embrace that. So for me, at the time when I said to you, I think I might want to wait, and then you said, well, I, I want to get married next year, that felt like pressure. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like and on top of the pressure that I already put on myself to be right. a provider. And I don't necessarily think that pressure is a bad thing right. all the time. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm well, saying? Well, like I said in my soundbite, you know, sometimes pressure will, you know, breed diamonds and all sorts of good things, which it did in our relationship because right. I feel like we're at a space now. I mean, years later, of course, we can right. reflect on it. But in that moment, it's like the sense of urgency that I have. When I really think back on it now with a very clear hindsight mm -hmm. view, which we tend to do with a lot of things in life, what what was my rush ultimately? You know that's what I mean? That's what I was, that's what, that, you that's know, what I was asking. I'm like, I already yes. bought a house for you and moved you in. Do I have What more do I have to do to prove to you that I want to spend the rest of my life absolutely, with you? I absolutely. I have to have the and wedding. And the thing is too, you know, you know, people have said that, oh, well, Kadeem was just like telling you her standards and she had standards and expectations. And that's just what she she was letting you know that this is what, what she wanted. That's bullshit. And, I mean, it was to an extent. No, nah, that's it was, bullshit. It was me telling you where, where I foresaw things going. Okay. But I could have I could have also I could have had the, the mindset and the foresight to say, you know what? Maybe now is not the right time. You could have. This. You know you what I mean? Have. Maybe I could have been like, now's not the right time to just talk to this man about an actual wedding until he finds a job. I, I'm glad you said that now. You yes. know what I'm saying? I did not see that in that time frame. I'm right. like, again, I'm coming from Kadeen who's seen That was you. my fault, though. The, the reason why you felt like that, that was my fault. I'll say I'll, I'll say that that's, that's my fault. Devall, did you back, ever let me know that you felt that pressure? No, I didn't. And that's why I'm saying it was my fault, though. Yeah. Because my father instilled in me to, to remove the pressure from my wife. Right. So I mean, we just you, didn't you, have the conversation about it. We never, because I felt like my role as a husband was to be that sense of peace. Right. So if we're going through financial hardships, I can't, I got to figure that out on my own. Like that, my father instilled that into, in me and I, I took that to heart and said, this is what I, I got to make sure my wife gets everything she wants and needs. That's my role. That's my job. So I don't blame you for feeling like we can move forward with doing things mm -hmm. because I, Made you feel like you it was led okay. Me to believe that I didn't were say, okay. and that was you my did. fault. That was my fault. You did. But I will say this though about the bullshit thing. You know what's bullshit? Mm -hmm. Women saying all she did was provide her standards, mm -hmm. and you can walk away and not walk away. If I would have said to you, right, mm -hmm. I want to get married and I want to have two kids right away. That's my standard. Mm -hmm. Either you do that or we walk away. Those same women would be like, uh-uh, she's he's pressuring her to have a baby. Would they not? They probably would. That's the, so then you can't do that would. to people. You can't say yeah, to people, this is my would. standards, accept it or walk away when it's convenient for you. And then if if he provides his standards, now it's, oh, you're pressuring her. You got to learn how to. Because that's that's to me is where the bullshit sets in. Mm -hmm. Right? 
we have to learn how to not only present our standards, but give grace. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Right. You have and communicate these things. Because Absolutely. Had you had told me you felt that way, I know you probably were just like, damn, I, I, I wish Kay could just see what's happening and then know like have the the um the ability or the capacity to say you know what i think now's not the right time i couldn't have known that because we didn't have the conversation about it you know what i mean i gotta own, i gotta own that I, that was a mistake on my part that i gotta own that you know what i'm saying i i the same way you can sit here and own the fact that you were being a little selfish and and naive i gotta own the fact that i should have said something mm-hmm. but i didn't i was 25 years old yeah and you were just doing what you were thought i was trying to be the best version of the man that i thought i was supposed to be as a husband which is bearing the brunt of right the finances right things like that because because i did want to marry you and i wanted you to be happy like i just mm-hmm. wanted you to be like when you walk in the door I want you to be like, oh, I'm home. This mm-hmm. is my peace. Mm-hmm. I don't want you to have to worry about anything. When the light's going to come on. When do we got money for this? Because for the first five years of our marriage, when we were living paycheck to paycheck, mm-hmm. I never brought these issues to you. Mm-hmm. I found ways. Mm-hmm. I took on another job. I picked up more hours here. I did that because that's what it entailed. Right. But those were the pressures that I took on as a husband and I still take on today. Well, there was a point, too, after our wedding, if we fast forward a bit. Mm-hmm. You had told me about like, Kadeen, it's either we're gonna get this wedding or we're gonna get this house in Brooklyn. Like, here's what we're gonna do. And me, again, being in my own world and right. being selfish, saying like, well, we already own two properties. If we wanted to get a house later, we can sell those properties, buy a house. So let's do the wedding now because that was just on my to do list that I had to check that box. Right. And there was the excitement building around that, you know. Um, and then me too, just being immature and not having the foresight to see what comes after that. But there was the point after our wedding and after things set in for that first year where it was just like. Like, like, okay, I'm not playing football anymore, Kadeen. Like, I'm retiring. And I was like, right. what? That caught me off guard because I was like, I felt like you didn't barely, you barely scratched the surface of your potential as an NFL player. So for you to say you were retiring from that to then pursue acting, I was like, but you didn't even finish doing what you were doing over here, right. you know? So once that happened, you were like, okay, so you're not going back to the NFL. That's that's out of the question. Now you want to become an actor. And you had said to me, Kay, I know I can't be a starving actor. Right. So I'm going to start this mentorship business, this training business, and I'm going to build from the ground up so that way I have income coming in. And that's when the conversation started to happen about where we were. Well, at and that point, I had to. Too, I yeah. had to have those conversations because the money wasn't coming in. It really wasn't coming in. And at that point, I was just like, well, damn. I'm sitting at home here. You were just like, yo, I think you should go down to like the mat counter because you were working part time in Michigan. Like, see if they're hiring. And I was like, you know what? You're right. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And that's when I, you know, picked up my brush belt, put on my all black, beat my face, got on the bus and went down to the mall and was like, yo, I'm here to work. See, you know? because when I, what I learned during that time was. And this is what I, I didn't I didn't want to put it on you, but I realized that I had a partner who was willing to jump in when needed. Mm-hmm. You understand what I'm saying? Right. And it's easier to include your partner with making decisions because two heads are always better than one. Mm -hmm. Um, I tried my hardest in the very beginning to handle everything on my own. Mm -hmm. And that pressure, you know what I'm saying, that pressure became overwhelming at times, which is why you and I struggled a lot in the first part of our marriage. But you helped out and I figured out the rest on my own. Because like you said, pressure doesn't only bust pipes, but pressure creates diamonds. Right? If you think about all of the elite athletes in the world, they're not defined by their ability to avoid pressure. They're defined by their ability to perform underneath pressure. Mm-hmm. Right. So for me, when you gave me the your, I'm not going to say ultimatum, but when you gave me your standards, mm-hmm. it created pressure for me. Mm-hmm. I could either rise to the pressure, take it on and handle it, 
Or I could say, no, nah, I'm out and run. But I chose to deal with the pressure and make shit happen. And I made it happen. And I handled the pressure very well you for did. the first five years are. and even better now because <laughs> we made it 10 years together yeah. but I'm still not going to back down and say you didn't pressure me I felt like it was pressure to get married when you wanted to get married right but it was the best decision I made and I said that before and I'll say it again it was the best decision I made because it showed me that I can make things happen even when it's not on my timeline I hear you. and even in my own little timeline that I had back then if we had had the candid discussion where you were like hey like, I'm trying to really juggle a couple things here. I'm debating about not mm -hmm. even playing football anymore. So if that's the case, we're going to have to scale our lifestyle back. We're going to have to do. I mean, though we weren't living a frivolous lifestyle to right. begin with, we had a lot of money invested that we lost in the stock market and whatnot. So if you had had the conversation with me early on and was just like, yo, I, I know you're excited about this wedding. I proposed to you because I have every intention of being married to you. But I just don't feel like right now is the time to have a wedding. Chances are, I, be I would you? have been able to say, all right, well, I see where you're coming from and then maybe pivot at that point. Can I be honest with you? Mm -hmm. You don't see your face when there's things that I say that I cannot do. And I mm -hmm. hate looking at that. I hate looking at your face when you have that face. That disappointment, face? That disappointment you have when, when, you say, when you say you want to do something and I'm like, well, we can't do that. Mm -hmm. I don't want to see that. And that's not like a, a bad, like your face. It's just as a man, mm -hmm. I want to be able to give you all the things that you you want and deserve out of life. I don't want to look at that face. I, I want to find a that. way. I didn't even know I have a face. Now I gotta go look at the face that I make. You gotta you, you no. got a face. You got a face. It's the same face you had when you and I started going through the itemized list of the American Express card. <laughs> that was guilt. That was that was the same. the <laughs> same face that you had. That is guilt. That's a kid being caught with their hand in the cookie jar when they know they're not supposed to be having no cookies. Well, listen, that's that <laughs> that face is the face that as a man I don't want. But listen, you to taught me so much about finances and life and real estate like these are things that I wasn't privy to because my parents they pretty much worked together to handle those things you know what I mean and my dad very much was the guy that was just like all right well you know I'm going to make sure my kids have a roof over their head and they have food on their table my mom bust her tail to work to get you know to help with the finances to be able to afford us these different lifestyle luxuries like just being involved in extracurricular activities things like that so my parents weren't really letting me know about like finances and real real estate and credit I remember when I Do your parents around. talk about finances? Oh, God. Do they? Real quick. Do they talk about finances? <laughs> do they argue about finances? No, do they discuss each other's finances? No. No. My, my, no. my parents, no, my dad no, handles it so that my parents, and I think that that's part, of the, that's part of the problem. The biggest disconnect. That's the biggest disconnect. Yeah. And that, that to me is what I've learned with me and you. Yeah. And then finances cause so much residual stress because mm -hmm. of the things that are not discussed and people yeah. not being on the same page, even within a relationship. Yeah, see, and I can't I can't blame you, and this is this is just me being honest. I can't blame you for telling me the things you want and the things you need mm -hmm. and me saying, all right, I got it, mm -hmm. and then feeling the pressure mm -hmm. of it. You know what I'm saying? I can't yeah. blame you for that. Yeah. And I don't mind it. Mm -hmm. I, I take the pressure on. But I'm not gonna say that it's not pressure. Yeah. But I will say that you and I have grown since 25 and 26 year old immensely Deval and Kadeem. I would hope so you know what I'm saying we've grown a lot and now <laughs> those discussions so. are a lot more of a collective discussion no for sure and you know? there's a comfort I feel like you feel and I hope I've made that um a space for you to feel comfortable saying Kay like 
I know we want to do this. We have an aspiration to do this, that, or the third, but we can't right now, but here's how we can do it. I think one thing that's been great about you is that you've been able to really your everything is resolution based. You know what I mean? Like you don't yeah. go into anything saying like, well, here's the problem. I don't know. It's like, okay, here's how we can potentially solve it. And I've learned to even me being a pessimist, I feel like for so long, like right. thinking about the, thinking about the, the, how things can go wrong or thinking about the not so bright side, you always usually come with a plan. It's like, all right, well, if you want to get this, then here's how we have to go about getting that. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I think that's something that's right. So then now I feel like if we fast forward to the current time, mm-hmm. Do you continue to still feel pressure in, in it? Do I make you still what? feel? What kind of question is that? Okay, yes. let me frame my question differently. You, you all got to reframe it. Yes. I, so I still, you still feel pressure from me. All right. Middle, middle, of, the, middle of the podcast story time. <laughs> middle of the podcast story time. <laughs> oh, we got a double story time today? <laughs> I'm going to oh, take damn. you back three months. You and I go to look at a house. Uh-huh. Right. You go to look at a house. You're like, baby, I love this house. This is the house I want. Mm-hmm. This house I want, right? Mm-hmm. I call my financial advisor. I'm like, this is the house Kay wants. Mm-hmm. Can we make this happen? He says, well, they already put an offer in. We would have to put in an offer. You would have to get pre-approved. That's going to take some time. You may not be able to get pre-approved in 24 hours. Mm-hmm. So you may not get this house, right? And mm-hmm. then I told you that. And what did you do? You pouted. I gave you the face? You, you, Did I give you the, the face? The face? You pouted for like a whole weekend. <laughs> no, it was not a weekend. Come on. It was like initial. It was initial. Come it was on. just like, damn. You I wonder if we're going to find another one this perfect. Oh, shit. Now we got to get our shit together. But what did I do, though? You kept looking. We And we got our shit together. We, we got our shit together. But you pouted and you kept looking at the house saying pending every day. <laughs> and then finally, once the house sold, you was just like, yep, yep, my house <laughs> off the market now. Now my house. Now I'm never going to get a house. I did. I was like, it can go from pending to back <laughs> on the market at any point, And then we'll have our shit together and we can do this. So <laughs> you, you did but all of those. But also say that you do want a nice house and the house is I, nice. I do. But, and, so. this is, and this is my point. <laughs> Does the pressure exist? Yes. Because I feel like the pressure, the minute the pressure is gone and I feel like that I've got everything taken care of under control is when I've lost it. Same thing in football. The minute you think you got everything done is when you start playing bad. Mm-hmm. There has to be a sense of urgency and a little bit of an anxiety to mm-hmm. keep you on your game. You got to have that chip on your shoulder. So that pressure that existed in the beginning for me still exists here because I still want to create that lifestyle and sustain it throughout our entire not, marriage. But it's not Kadeen inflicted though, is it? That's that's the question. Like, is it Kadeen inflicted or is it something that you have no, 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 impo- no, imparted no, you didn't, on yourself you didn't ask, say, No, you didn't ask if you inflicted. You just asked if there's still pressure. Right. Yes, there's pressure. Right. I guess it's a two-part. I want to know what pressure you're feeling and from where no, so I know how to control the pressure. Listen, no, no, no. no. <laughs> I mean, you, you you put some pressure, but you also relieve a lot of pressure, too. All right now. You do a good Balance. job of relieving the pressure. Balance. Yes. <laughs> but, um, no, the, the pressure comes from me wanting to be great at being a husband. Like, I want to be great at being a husband, a father. Mm-hmm. So every day I wake up, I wake up saying, okay, what, you know, what, what can I do? Like, what, what do I, I can't, there's no off days for me mm-hmm. being a husband. You know what I'm saying? And, and not for nothing, that goes back to what we discussed before. When I hear you say, or I hear people say, oh, she's just tired. Oh, she's just tired. Give her a break. I don't feel like I ever get a chance to say, you know what, babe, I'm tired. I'm, I'm not, I don't want to pay the mortgage for a little bit. I'm tired. I don't I don't want to pay mm-hmm. the car note for a little bit. Like I just I don't want to do that right now. Can mm-hmm. I just can I get a break? Like I don't feel like I have that leniency or that latitude to make those decisions. Mm-hmm. I feel like that's on me all the time and I accept that. I, I wear it with a badge of honor because like I said before, I can't have children. Right. 
You know what I'm saying? You were the vessel of life for our legacy, that which is our three boys. In perpetuity. I get that. I get that. And, and I give you grace for that. You do. But you that definitely doesn't, do. But that doesn't you try mean, to make my workload a lot lighter. So right. absolutely. And and, and, I, and I doesn't that doesn't make it easier for me to right. deal with mm-hmm. the fact that it still is a lot of pressure for me because that mortgage is due the first of the month. The car notes are due the fifteenth. The Amax bill is due on the 28th. Like, those are things that are never going to go away. Mm-hmm. And I can never at any point in our marriage be like, you know what, I'm just tired. I don't right. I don't feel like doing it. So it's pressure that comes with that. Right. I do feel, though, like if you ever said to me, Kay, I, I need I need some time, that I would totally just jump right in and be like, all right, well, what I got to do? And then I would just, like, pick up the slack. You know what I mean? Because I think that's, that's what the partnership is about, for sure. You, you know, And I want to make sure you feel comfortable being able to say that because I know you want to be all of that and more and, you know, have things under control and you have things taken care of but at the same time too i would like for you to also let me know unlike what I, you listen, did years ago i don't if you were in a moment where you felt like you know what i just can't i don't mind i don't mind letting you know but to be honest you can't do what i do with consistency mm-hmm. especially with all the other things you have to do right you know what i'm saying no it's true like, like i'll I, like admit that you, like, I, ain't, I ain't offering i'm just saying, saying this push came to shove like i'm, I'm no i'm <laughs> like, like i'm just being honest yeah it's true i i help take care of jackson Cairo, and kaz mm-hmm. i cook when i have to i clean when i have to i maintain all of the bills mm-hmm. i produce your content i produce my content i moved your mom in like mm-hmm. i i do all of these things if i just one day said i just don't feel like doing it you got to take over there's no way you could do all of that mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like right. the same way, there's no way you can just say, I'm tired of being a mom and a wife. Right. And just Take step everything away. and step away. Right. You can't do that. I can't. And I can't. And the thing is, we have to respect the fact that there that we can't do that. And and that leads me to my question. Like, do you feel that there are pressures? I was about to say, can that I tell you, you feel, about my I'm about to say, do you feel like there's pressures you feel as a wife? Let me tell you about my pressures. Pressures. <laughs> um, no, I do feel uh, immense amounts of pressure. Um a lot of it rooted around just trying to be or trying to be everything that you need me to be. Mm-hmm. And that's where sometimes I feel a level of, like I'll always say, a level of inadequacy or a level of falling short because I feel like I am not doing everything to meet your needs. Talking about sexually or intimate? Um, some of it is sexually. Mm-hmm. Some of it is just like, you know, sometimes you have your moments where you're like, man, I just miss like, K from back in the day that right. dated me, you know, in college. Like, think about the utopia that was college that we were existing in yeah. with no responsibilities, yeah. really, you know, minimal. Um, and we had what we felt like was all the time in the world to just completely be, you know, embedded in each other and in bed with each other. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. Um, um, but we had so many moments like that where, you know, I miss that sometimes. You miss that sometimes where you're like, hey, I just miss my girlfriend, Kay, that was kind of just carefree and didn't have a lot on her shoulders and her plate. But then again, you know, this is what life is. We've now grown three beautiful children, you know, grown our relationship. We have a beautiful life. I I totally cannot, you know, ask for more when it comes to that. But I do feel the pressure sometimes of trying to be what it is you need me to be sexually, what it is you need to be physically, what it is you need me to be emotionally sometimes. Like those are things that are are also on my plate on a day-to-day basis. And those are things that I kind of give myself a measure of like where I am with it. And do I do get down on myself sometimes about it? I do because I feel like, you know, if I'm falling short of being what you need and you're always in overdrive trying to give me everything that I need and more, then I'm falling short. I hear you. 
and and there's a, a an immense amount of pressure that comes with that too, you know. So so let me ask you a question: When it came time to get married, you didn't feel no pressure of being a wife. Like I felt the pressure of being a husband. I I, I honestly, and this I'm just gonna tell you what I feel, but I mm-hmm. feel like you were so caught up in the wedding. Mm-hmm. That you didn't even think about the pressures of being a wife until after the wedding and the honeymoon was yeah, over. Yeah, exactly. It's like, okay, I'm going to have this big, amazing, beautiful day, and then we're going to just live happily ever after. Like, usually in fairy tales, too, you see, like, the big wedding day, and then it says happily ever after. But well, right. what exactly is the happily ever after? Nobody goes right. into that in detail. Right. So when it was when I was 20-something, you know, looking to be married, I thought, like, certain things were just going to happen because it's just see? how it happens. And that's and that's it's a, out because nobody told me. Nobody told me. And I said that before in the monogamy episode. I'm like, I did not know a lot of the things that we're going to we're going to go into marriage and how much it is like a day-to-day work you know waking up making the commitment making the decision to be there like I did not know that that's what went into marriage see but but that to me is where a lot of the disconnect started with us Mm -hmm. I feel like when it came time to think about getting married you were focused on the wedding Mm -hmm. I was focused on the marriage right so there was pressure yes because you were prepared for that because that's something your father always told you he was like and because I had to pay for the wedding this is it yeah you this is it you were focused on having Mm -hmm. fun in a wedding but I had to pay for it yeah exactly so my mom and dad too but they helped but they 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 didn't pay the bulk of it Mm -hmm. you know I paid the bulk of it out of my my savings from the NFL but it's it's just like <clears throat> you and I came to this partnership focused on different things mm-hmm. at that point. Absolutely. And it's funny when people say, particularly women, say, how could he feel pressure? But it's like you didn't feel pressure because I didn't let you feel any pressure. I handled everything. Mm-hmm. But while handling everything, including finances and stuff like that, the funniest thing was sex wasn't even on my radar at that point. Right. You know what I'm right. saying? Mm-hmm. Like the the pressure for me wasn't even coming from the idea of being monogamous. You wasn't turned on by debt and being broke? <laughs> yeah, no, not at all. You not, mean to tell me that wasn't a turn on? Not, not at all. Because this is the thing. If I was that interested, if I was that focused or concerned about monogamy, mm-hmm. I wouldn't have bought a home when I got to the league and moved you out there to live with me. Mm-hmm. I would have let you stay in New York. Right. And I would have just been in, in Detroit with my own space, living my life. But I had moved you out there because at that I had already decided that monogamy was the best part for me. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like mon- monogamy to me was great because of what we can do. We talked about this on another sex episode about how part of the reason why I love monogamy is because I'm a freak mm-hmm. and you a freak. The things I want to do with the woman that I'm, sharing this intimate moment with i can't just do with somebody i don't know mm-hmm. you know what i'm saying like i just right. don't feel comfortable don't like germs. yeah i don't i don't <laughs> like germs at all <laughs> I, don't, I don't like germs and i don't like contraceptives so <laughs> right. since right. i don't like contraceptives it's better for me and it's better for you to be with one person so there are reasons why i chose monogamy but the pressure on top of all of that mm-hmm. was the fact that financially marriage is a big step and it when you came thinking about the wedding and mm-hmm. I was focused on the marriage, yeah. it brought pressure to me. Yeah, you know that'd be saying? the problem. And I will be the first to admit it. And I don't care and how mad people get. I think a lot of women get. feel that way now. I mean, think about the age that we're in now, even just with social media. Every photo shoot, every event, every life event is almost like a contest to see who can outdo the last person's <laughs> viral post about so, a wedding. Imagine trying to get married now in this day and age. Think about this. Not only just the wedding, right? Even when you propose... What does the woman bring to the proposal? Herself. What does the man have to bring to the proposal? A ring. 
ring. A ring and an event around the ring to make the woman feel special. Yeah. So who has to put more energy into that moment, the mm-hmm. woman or the man? Right. So when it's time to make that decision, you don't just get the chance to say, I want to be engaged and boom, I'm engaged. Like men don't have to do that. Like like women don't have to do that. Men have to do that. Yeah. And you have to choose to step up to the plate. A man who chooses to step up to the plate, you got to choose to step up to that plate every day after that. Once you get on your knee, that same pressure you felt to get on your knee, because remember how nervous I was? Yeah. Well, I didn't know how nervous you were because I didn't know you were preparing for it. So I didn't really necessarily. Bro. You you camouflaged that really well, too, because I didn't know what was happening. Bro, I was capping. (laughs) I was capping. And and the thing was, I was capping because I was just afraid for what I was not going to be able to deliver. Right. That's all it was. Right. I knew I met the woman I wanted to spend the rest of my life with. I, I knew that. But it's just like... Can I do this? So it was amazing, though, that you took like that. It meant that much to you to do it because you knew the kind of life that you wanted to then provide for me and yourself. Yes. You know, there there may be people who are just like, well, I'm going to just, you know, give her this engagement ring because that's what she's been wanting. She's nah. been good. She's been rocking with me. So nah. we'll take it day by day or, nah. you know what I mean? Like, I, I want a companion. So let me just, you know, propose nah. to this girl. Like, I, I mean, you know, some men may feel like that. I don't know. Some do. You know? Some do. That wasn't me. Some yeah. do. And, and I got to be honest, too. Some of it was my ego as well. Mm-hmm. As much as you wanted a big wedding, I wanted a big wedding, too. Mm-hmm. Here I was coming out the NFL. All the weddings I had been to at that time were my guys who were either in the NFL or on their way to the NFL mm-hmm. getting mad. They had big, nice weddings. And right. then the show Platinum Wedding was out. Oh, it was and a my thing. Super, my You're Super right. Sweet 16 was out. You're right. Um, so and Whose Wedding was, Is It Anyway? This were, yeah, a couple of different shows. Say Yes to the Dress. That's so actually was, how I found our wedding planner was right. the show. Yeah, so it was, Shout out to Adari. So it was a, it was a show. Yeah. And my ego mm-hmm. and me wanting to not only prove to myself, but to prove to everybody else that I was successful and I right. made it, I wanted to be able to deliver these things for my wife. There and go. there goes another pressure mm-hmm. that ultimately had nothing to do with you. Right. That, none, that, that pressure, was a societal pressure. That was a societal pressure because yeah. I'm like... I'm NFL devout. Mm-hmm. So that means that my wife has to have the big wedding. She has to have the big ring. We have to move into the big house. Like these are all of the things that mm-hmm. I had to live up to mm-hmm. that in the grand scheme of things, like no one is defined in their 20s. Like you can have all of that and lose it and still make a comeback. Absolutely. Or you don't really necessarily have to reach to try to get it right. at that moment because you can get it later. Let that be a takeaway to, I guess, maybe the younger folks young that may listen to the podcast or people. some of the single folks. The single folks were loud, y'all. Yes. Y'all were loud. Yes. With that last monogamy episode with all the opinions. Yes. But if there's a takeaway, um, just know that you do not need to measure up what you're doing, your life, your Instagram profile Facts. to anyone. It's a facade for the most part. Yes. You think about all these events and stuff like that. It's cool, but what's going in behind the scenes? Yes. What's going into the relationship behind the scenes? Like it sounds like something you've heard before, but it's true. Like there's certain things that people say over and over again and say it's a cliche for a reason because yeah. it's the truth. Yeah. It's the truth. Like that, if anything, needs to be a major takeaway. Like you cannot be out here measuring your life and your relationship against what you see on social media. Especially in your 20s. 
Like they really need to change the, the age of when people become an adult. Because let me tell you, like I, when I turned 18, I was like, listen, okay? <laughs> the United States of America said that I am an adult, okay? Right. To an extent, there's certain things I can do. And then when I hit 21, it was a whole rap. Like you couldn't tell me nothing. Like to this day, I feel like you still can't tell me nothing to an extent. But me too. You know what I mean? Like we figured, we thought we had it all figured out in we our did. 20s. We did. We was out here making bad decisions together. Facts. Bad decisions. Facts. I mean, we were able to bounce back from it though. Yeah. You and I worked together because we learned how to communicate. We did. But one thing I will say, and I, I learned this through through our marriage, how you get married and the decisions you make will define the first few years of your marriage. Yes. You know what I'm saying? Yes. The first couple of years was rocky AF. But And now, because we we able to make it through that storm, mm -hmm. we can look back on it, laugh. Right. But we, like I can ask you, what were you thinking? Yes. And, you know, we can have these We've conversations. We've been able to have conversations that I, shit, have we had to have these conversations in the moment? We couldn't have those conversations in a moment. Yeah, we, <laughs> we couldn't have those conversations. We couldn't. No, we couldn't. But it took, what's, it took a what's, lot of growth and reflection. Before we go to break, mm -hmm. what's one question you would ask young DeVal? In, in like, say, we don't know all of this. Mm -hmm. During that moment when mm -hmm. I proposed to you, mm -hmm. what's one question you would ask me that you thought was kind of off? That you would be like, DeVal, why? Or like, what's one question you would ask? I don't think I get the question. Maybe okay, so, question. so for example, okay. during that time, I would I what I would say was what I wanted to say was the fuck you thinking <laughs> how how right. the fuck mm -hmm. could you ask me to go look at a venue mm -hmm. when I literally just found out that I'm not working okay that's the question I would ask you like right how? so Deval today would have wanted to ask twenty something year old Kadeem no, 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 that no. back in that moment no 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 twenty five year old Deval wanted to ask that oh but you didn't but I didn't want to ask it because. I didn't want to hurt your feelings. I didn't want to come across as not manly enough. Mm -hmm. I just figured out I had to. I just figured out I had to find a way. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So, 25 year old Deval wanted to say that, mm -hmm. but didn't. And mm -hmm. I feel like there's a lot of young people who are having those moments and mm -hmm. they're not saying it, right. and they end up in situations where they're like, "Dang, I wish I would have just said something." Because right. I feel like if I asked you that question, mm -hmm. you would have told me. This is what I think. I would have been like, "Why?" How could you go look at a venue and you probably would have been like, I didn't think it was that big a deal. I figured you'd be on another team. And then I would have been like, well, I don't want to play football no more. That And you would have told me that because my question would have been to you, but DeVal, why aren't you exploring all the options with all the teams that potentially have interest? There's a offer potentially at Canada. Let's move. Why would we not go to Canada? But I didn't say that in that moment because I'm like, this is not my body going on the line to, to play these games every day. This is not my dream per se, which turns out wasn't even your dream either. You were right. doing this as a means to an as end. So I, to me, I was just like, well, bro, you got places that you could potentially like, like you're not done here playing football. Like go ahead and play and I'll be here to hold down the fort while you do that. So you see you how know? me asking that question would have brought together this conversation, yes. which would have saved us a lot of money, a lot of heartache. Absolutely. Name a moment 25-year-old Kadeem had mm -hmm. where you are saying, I want to ask the valid question, but I don't because I either don't want to hurt his feelings or mm -hmm. I don't want to come across as less of a woman. It would probably would have been like, are you going to expect me to dress up every time we have sex and role play? Because <laughs> if that's the case, we might this might be a deal breaker right here. Because if I got to play a different character, like I know I'm an actress. Oh my I know I'm an actress, but there's but so many characters that I can play. And are you going to make sure that the chandelier is bolted into the ceiling so when I swing off that shit like a circus monkey, you will be able to support me? I think the best part of this whole thing is that my brother, my sister, and I share an Amazon account. So if they ever look at my purchase <laughs> history, they're going to be like, where is this bitch going? Is it Halloween? <laughs> no, guys, it's not Halloween. I'm just trying to find a way to dress up as another character for DeVal. See? All right? So don't judge me. So this is what we've learned. If I would have asked that question early on in our relationship, I would have got an answer. 
Mm-hmm. If you would have asked that question, I would have got an answer. Because not for nothing, yeah. remember when we and talked that about brought way more clarity. It brought way more clarity because at that point, I would have known like you know what she really don't like doing it, so she don't feel comfortable. As opposed mm-hmm. to me expecting it because you said mm-hmm. you was gonna do it and then not getting right. it and being disappointed. And I would have known. Oh, this man, his heart is not in football. He does not want to play anymore. So that's gonna mean if he wants to become an actor, which typically is a longer process to get yourself yes. out there, then I'm gonna know. All right, well, so we're gonna have to scale back on this wedding somehow. We're gonna have to maybe wait on this wedding. Maybe we elope and then have a wedding later. Like there would have had to been a discussion about what the other options would have been. Because then, you know what I mean? And I don't think I was that hard-headed in that moment. I might have gave you the face. I might have gave you the disappointed face. But we would have flipped, the same flipped face it Jackson, somehow. The same face Jackson gives and Cairo gives and Cass. They mean all to get tell that me face all from of you. Us inherited, they, they all inherited the face from me. It's the toddler face. I'm going to call it from the toddler face. But listen. Like we, the race car cry back in the day. Yes. Yes. We, oh, oh here's, here's one thing I'm going to say about that. What? Right? A lot of women have been saying... You know, if a man, if a woman gives you her standards, you have a right to walk away and not and not say nothing, right? Mm-hmm. But if I were at this point now to say, Kadeen, I want to have another baby, or if not, I'm leaving, those same women will be pissed at me. Somebody cut Deval's mic. <laughs> I'm just saying. I'm just saying. I, I, y'all know I want another baby. Oh my god! So the pressure y'all now. Y'all know I want another baby. So you're giving my your expectation is that you will have another baby with me, and if I don't accept that. You out? No, 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 not at all. Because <laughs> babies are always anytime you bring life, that's the closest you get to death. And we've experienced that with, with Jackson. You, you know, had to have almost a blood transfusion and mm-hmm. had to have surgery. So having babies is very, very different. It's just, right, it's, it's very just, different. Those are different blessings. I was I was joking about that. <laughs> but we're gonna take some breaks right now. I'm gonna yeah. go try to put this ba- uh, baby in K belly. <laughs> And uh, we're going <laughs> to listen to these ads. Sorry, Tribble. All right, we're going to listen to these ads, all right? This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Listen, y'all, losing two loved ones in a matter of six months, it can be a lot. And a lot of times when you're dealing with grief, you have a lot to get off your chest with your family. That's absolutely right. You know, people carry around all different types of stresses, big and small. When you keep them bottled up, it can start to affect you negatively. And therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to kind of figure out how to work through whatever is weighing you down. If you're thinking about starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist, and you can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com deadass today to get 10% off your first visit. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash deadass. You may be aware that most people who are black have O blood type. O is commonly needed for emergencies and life-saving measures. But did you know one in three of us is a match for patients with sickle cell disease? You, along with the American Red Cross, regardless of your blood type, can help by donating blood. Every day, our blood saves lives and eases the pain for those living with sickle cell. When you donate blood, there is a direct positive impact within our community. Right now, there is great need for blood donations in the African-American community. Every donation counts and makes a difference in someone's life. Donate blood at Red Cross to help save a life. Black excellence is in our blood. Visit redcrossblood.org slash ourblood to make an appointment now. During the break, let's quickly talk about a couple things that are important to most people I know. Comfort and style. 
Crocs, classic clogs, and sandals have both covered. When I'm talking about style, I mean personal style. There are just so many colors and so many gibbet charms that you can add to the Crocs to make them unique. You can dress up your Crocs to match your mood, to match your personality, to fit the occasion, and you can change them up day to day. I mean, ultimately, you can stand out from the crowd in a way that only you can because it's your personal style. And now, let's talk about comfort. You know... It doesn't get better than Crocs, clogs, and sandals when it comes to being comfortable. Style and comfort are usually a trade-off, but here, they're a package deal. It's like you have cushions on your feet. Soft, stylish, personalized, colorful cushions. That's right. So why wait? Head over to Crocs.com today and experience the comfort and style of Crocs classic clogs and sandals for yourself. Your feet will thank you. Hey, what's good, y'all? I think it's important for you to understand why black representation in media is important. It's important because the media represents how people view us. And it's important that they understand that black people are not a monolithic people. That is a fact. And the next generation of influential black voices can be found on NPR's new collection, Black Stories, Black Truth. Black Stories, Black Truth is a celebration of blackness from NPR. Each of NPR's black voices are as distinct varied, and nuanced as the Black experience itself. Every episode is a living account about what it means to be Black today, told from a unique Black perspective. From Bobby Shmurda to The Wire, Michelle Obama to Reparations, there's no limit to the range of Black stories, Black truths. Black perspectives haven't always been centered in the telling of America's story. Now, they are the story. In NPR's Black Stories, Black Truths, you'll find a collection of some of NPR's best podcast episodes celebrating the Black experience. Listen now to Black Stories, Black Truths from NPR wherever you get your podcasts. All right, now we're back for some listener letters. Let's get into y'all's business because y'all show as hell been in my business. You know what I mean? (laughs) (laughs) It's all good, though. It's all jokes. I promise you. People sometimes be like, I'm sorry to say, but don't be sorry. Like, this is the purpose of the podcast. We put it out there so you guys can have these conversations and all that. You know what I mean? All we do is just ask that y'all listen to it in its entirety. Yes. You know what I mean? And then you can have the conversation. You you can't have a podcast without having people have conversations. Absolutely. That's the purpose. That's the purpose of a podcast. So we appreciate all the conversations. Absolutely. Any inputs you have. But like Kadeen said, if you're not going to listen to the podcast in its entirety, I really don't want to hear about your opinion. <laughs> That's just, it, it doesn't make any sense. Right, right, right. Absolutely. So that being said, we're going to move on to some listener letters so I can get into y'all's business. Um, here's the first question or the first scenario. Man, y'all are going in. We're getting some paragraphs in here. Yeah. But we did ask for context, so I'm hoping it's in there. I've been dating a guy for almost a year. Our dynamic is cool. We fell in love, or I fell in love. You'll see what I mean. Um, we've met each other's family. I've met his daughter. We kicked it. Uh, we kick it I've tough. Met it, we kick it tough. So on and so forth. All that good stuff. He recently told me he didn't see us going any further than boyfriend and girlfriend. All he wants is a girl, but not a future. He hit me with, it has nothing to do with you. It's me, basically. So I'm like in my head, oh, he's breaking up with me. And then he hits me with, I'm just telling you my truth, then you can decide what you want to do, which is a little passive aggressive, but whatever. My question is, should I stay, go, or can I change him? Oh, can you change him? (laughs) Lord, I know I can't change a man. Okay, you corrected corrected yourself. Um, And if I want a future, the only right answer is for me to dip, right? 
But my questions are, for one, what is a girlfriend without a future or progression? What does that even look like? I asked him. He doesn't know. If you don't want a future, why have a girl, right? Am I tripping? I just want to point out that he gave her his standard and told her she could leave or go. <laughs> and and she's she was, still questioning and she, it. No, not even that. She was appalled by it. Right. Like, she was appalled by it. Uh-huh. So like, it was passive aggressive. It was passive aggressive. Right. But it... But when you gave me your standards so, so and told me I could go, he pulled, go, he pulled a me. Yes. When I said, "Well, this is what I'm looking forward to doing with my life," and then you said you felt the pressure. But he yes, did it, and she said it was passive aggressive. It was passive aggressive. No, I think he's being clear, hun. Yes. I think he's being clear about what he wants, which is, I think, what most people should want from someone yeah. who they're dating or having the intention of potentially moving forward with. Yeah, them. but that's the thing. She wants to be a wife. He's right. not he doesn't looking for want a wife. That. Yeah, so he just wants somebody to, to kick it with, apparently. And I think you've, you've answered your question and then went back and then answered your question a couple of times within this paragraph. Um, and I get it. You may be into him and you may potentially see a future with him, but... You definitely can't get somebody male or female to see a future with you if they don't see it for themselves. So, yeah, and and I think that she has every right to <clears throat> if she wants a future, right, to walk away. Absolutely, and I, I think, think you're worth that, sis. And I think he has every right to say, "I just want a girlfriend." And mm-hmm. I've, I've, we've had these conversations with friends of ours who've gotten divorced, mm-hmm. who've been in relationships before. I said, if I if I ever get divorced, I'm never remarrying. Mm-hmm. I have somebody that I kick it with, right. someone who occupies space and time, right. but I don't, I don't want to be obligated to anyone or anything. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's okay because sometimes marriage is not for every person. Some people don't want to be married. They just want to have a companion when they want that companion That's and true. not feel obligated to live with right. that person. Because marriage does come with obligations. Yes. I don't know if obligations is the right word, but it does come with a, social res- a certain responsibility Absolutely. when you are married to somebody. Like yeah. there's certain things that just have to be done. Whereas if you have a girl or somebody who you're kicking it with, it's like, you know, it is what it is. I think, I think this is, but these are two mature people mm-hmm. who are being upfront and honest, mm-hmm. but have decisions to make. And the problem is, is if you like someone, you want the person that you like to want you the same way you want them. Right. And sometimes There's a it's disconnect. not it's a disconnect. Like sometimes yeah. that's just not the way it is. I know. And maybe and it he can had be heartbreaking. A, it can be heartbreaking for her to feel like, you know. It's yeah. definitely heartbreaking, but more than likely he, he seems like he's probably been in a relationship or probably was married and mm-hmm. don't want to do that again. That's what it seems like. Mm-hmm. And you can't fault someone for going through that. Right. Yeah, you know? it would be cool to know the the age range here too. Homegirl, I, w- I would say um, just tell him like, well, I appreciate you being honest, but I'm looking to Thank be someone's wife. Yeah, yeah, I'm looking to be someone's <laughs> wife, so it's I been can't fun. I can't be your your girlfriend right. if there's no future for you because then that's not what I'm right. looking for. Yeah, yeah. And you're well within your rights to do that, homegirl. You just got bounce. Right, exactly. Yeah. Kick it tough somewhere else. All right, we got time <laughs> for one more. I'm gonna read this second one. This is a long one too. Okay. Um. I am a 35-year-old female. My boyfriend of four years is 43. We've lived together for two of the four years of our relationship. We both have good careers, nurse and engineer. Congratulations, you guys. I am ready to get married. In bold, bold letters, caps lock. <laughs> he is not. We never really, he never really gives me a reason why he is not. He just says it's a big step. I'm not sure what to do. Marriage has now become a touchy subject when it's discussed amongst other couples, friends, or family. I want to give him time to get ready and figure out uh, but how much time? If marriage is an option for him, oh, if marriage is not an option for him, I'm done with this relationship. In caps. I don't want to give an ultimatum, but I'm not waiting 10 years for him to figure it out. We're not in our 20s anymore, and I feel it shouldn't take this long to know if I'm the one you want to spend the rest of your life with. My plan was... Caps. <laughs> <laughs> to wait until we hit the five-year mark, 
have a real deep discussion about it, and to tell him that if we're not getting married soon, I'm done, even though he already knows that's how I feel. I'm constantly fighting myself because he is a really great man, father, provider, lover, and friend. Our relationship is good, and we both say it's the best relationship we have ever been in. If I leave, I will truly be missing out on a great black man, but, I, but if I stay, I will constantly have to fight my heart with the fact that I'm not married, and I don't think I can do that. How long do I wait? Help. Mm. She's 35. Oh, man. 35 boyfriend of four years. He's 43. Hmm. This is is the one thing I will say, right? Hmm. I believe conversations are paramount, Mm -hmm. right? Like if you're at a point now where you guys can't have conversations without it becoming hostile, that's a problem. Mm -hmm. Because Kadena and I have been there with with finances at one point. Mm -hmm. We were there with sex at one point where if someone even brought up the topic... Oh God! It was like, met with so much vitriol yeah. that you couldn't even discuss it, and that's an issue mm-hmm. because there should be nothing that's off the table. Right? You know, there should be nothing that you can't discuss with the person you're spending the rest of your life with. Mm-hmm. So that, to me, is a red flag. The fact that they can't even discuss it, and if right. he can't give you a reason, you know, then th- yeah. there must be something there that he may have to unpack within himself. Something maybe with his childhood, or something with a previous relationship, or. Right. I don't know. Maybe there's a fear of commitment for whatever reason. And I, f- I see the small area about, you know, the touchy subject when discussed amongst groups of friends and stuff like that. And then and that rewinds to 20-something-year-old Kadeen, who's then now looking at couples and friends who are around. And, and yeah. naturally people, you know, it's, just, it's almost like asking a woman, like, oh, so when when you going to have a baby? When you have another baby? When right. you have another baby? It's like one of those things that people don't even know, the internal yeah. struggle that you may be having. You know, to have another baby, it may be an internal struggle you guys have in your relationship and not knowing it's a touchy, touchy subject. People are then c- compiling more, right. you know, um, disdain about the topic. You know, um, I can't give her a time frame on like when to wait, though. You know, I do feel like at 35, I don't know. Well, it says he's a talk, great father or is he's talk a little bit the children about, are theirs. But. My bad. But talk a little bit about you said that part of your timeline was your your fertility clock. Mm hmm. And you wanted to get married because you wanted to have kids. Yeah, because I wanted to start. And I know that you wanted you had wanted four children. I wanted three. So we're kind of like, all right, if we end up somewhere in the middle, I didn't right. want to start at a certain time frame too. Because then you hear people saying like, oh, you don't want to be like, you know, that older mom that you want to be able to grow mm-hmm. with your kids and you want to be able to be there for your grandkids and things like that. Well, I mean, we can't so end up I, somewhere in the middle of four kids or three. We can't have three and a half kids. It's either we're going to get four or three. So where do we round to that? <laughs> no, I'm just saying. You said we can end we up somewhere. Round down. You said we can end up somewhere in the middle. It's like you want three, I want four. Right. So yeah. it's like either well, somebody's gonna get what they. Three sounds nice and round to me. Like you, if you make a number three, it's like nah, round that don't work. The two sides that don't like work. Round to me. With four kids, everybody got a partner on a roller coaster. <laughs> How often are we going to roller coasters? We can't even go to amusement parks. All the, parks all the time no when we have four kids. <laughs> <laughs> but on an airplane, if it's a three row and a three row, nah, nah. then that's gonna be six. Nah, See, <laughs> I'm, I'm digging myself a deeper hole. <laughs> but yes, yeah, sis. Um, so yeah, I, that that is that. That's what I'm wondering. If he said she's he's a great father, so I'm wondering if at 35, uh, she says boyfriend. I don't know if they have children together or if they're his children or not. Um, so there's th- that's a hard one because there really is not like a long a time frame. But I feel like there needs to be a very very candid conversation between the two of you, not waiting necessarily for a five year mark to then have the conversation. But it's like why wait and invest a couple more years if he's ultimately not going to want to commit. I understand that. You know, we we know someone that we spoke with recently that was just like, yo, I might have to let my girl go because 
she wants to be married and have children and I don't. And oh yeah, that's right, that's right. That's I, right. I just may have to just that's you know right. wish her well. That's right. And we thought like, oh my goodness, it almost wow. gave me chills at how at peace he was with it and how like comfortable he was saying, you know what? She wants all of these things and she's been vocal about it. So I cannot meet her there. You know and what? I have to let her go. You know what struck me? He said that he loved her so much. Yeah, he did. That seeing her happy, yeah. getting what she want was more important than he being happy. Because right. I was like, you just willing to let her go? Him, yeah. yeah, I said, you willing to let her go? And he was just like, bro, like, I just love her that much. I want to see her be happy. And you no, know what? True. Sometimes as people, we have to do a better job of loving people the way they want to be loved and yeah. not be selfish. Right. You know, and there sometimes were times loving them from a distance. Yeah. There were there were times in our relationship where I was was selfish. There were times that you were selfish. And if we were less selfish, we've been able to love each other mm-hmm. uh better. Mm-hmm. And I think that this may be you know, this may be one of those situations where you tell them exactly what you need. Mm-hmm. You know, and then it's up to him to live up to the pressure. Rise to the right. pressure. What did they say? It was the same. Shit or get away. off the pot. Shit or get off the pot. Yeah. And I mean, just be that time. there's nothing wrong with being honest. Like, yeah. this is this is my life. Yep. But that goes both ways. If a woman is going to be honest and say, this is what I want out of my life, a man has every right to say, this is what I want out of my life. You can't disregard what's important to me in my life mm-hmm. and say I'm childish, but then right. say all of these things that I want in my life have to be met. I don't know since when like being honest is now equated with like such like highly offended outcomes. You know what I mean? Cancel culture. That's that, what happened. Because I mean, like, I mean, people just being honest and telling you how they feel. Like I feel like that in turn just ends up with people just being so offended because and i'm like would you rather me just sell you the sugar-coated you know sweet talk or do you want to actually hear what it is political correctness has become valued more than honesty because people just want to feel better about themselves they don't want to they don't want to be better they don't want to be better they just want to feel better Mm -hmm. and it's easier to feel better when someone is telling you what you want to hear as opposed to telling you what you need to hear Mm -hmm. that's just what and it started with giving everyone a trophy Mm -hmm. You know, everyone a participation trophy. Yeah. Everyone gets a ribbon everyone at, gets at a spirit field award. Day. Yeah. That that's when it started. Yeah. Because now it's like you don't have to work towards the things you want. You just given it. It's right. that entitlement. Right. And it's it's affecting us. And the adversity us. is then like trying to be taking away the adversity. Right. Which was the sweetest part about the, you know. It's the, affecting the win. us. It's affecting us in our relationships. It but, really um, is. Well, good luck to you, sis. Ma'am, you have a right to ask what you, what you want. Yeah. And, and if he doesn't want to adhere to it, yeah. move on. And State he has the right. State your expectations and standards. We flip it back again. Yeah. If that's what State you it. want. State, State your expectations. It. And if he feels like his back is against the wall, if he feels like it's an ultimatum, at least you know yeah. where you stand. And he Absolutely. does too. All right, y'all. If you want to be featured as a listener letter on Deadass Podcast, uh, be sure to email us at deadassadvice at gmail.com. That's right. That's D-E-A-D-A-D-V-I-C-E at gmail.com. All right. Moment of truth time. Do you want to go first or I'll I can go circle first. back? All right, go ahead. Go if first. it's on the tip of your tongue. No, this is this is my moment of truth. My mm-hmm. moment of truth is there's a certain level of pressure that exists anytime you see value in something. Mm-hmm. Right? I see value in being a husband. I see value in being a father. Mm-hmm. In order for me to meet the standard of which I want to perform being a husband or being a father, there's going to come pressure with that. Mm-hmm. And if you don't feel any pressure, then that means it doesn't matter enough. Like you said, pressure doesn't only bust pipes, but it creates diamonds. Mm-hmm. If you're willing to work through the pressure daily as a man and be a great husband and be a great father, you can build a fantastic life mm-hmm. for your family. Mm-hmm. I'm up for the challenge. I'm willing to do it every day because I have an amazing wife that I love so much, and I'm ready to take over the world with her. 
That's my moment of truth. Yes, I love that. Yes. Take over the world together. I love that. My moment of truth is the moment that I no longer feel pressure when in my relationship is the moment I know that I might have clocked out. Ooh. And I need to constantly feel a level of pressure when it comes to being what I need to be in my relationship for my husband because the moment I'm starting to kind of waver on that and feel like eh, it's not that big of a deal the moment that I feel complacent like eh, I'm doing a good job is the moment that I might have been just mm. flew to coop that's deep I agree with you 100% alright yes so y'all I mean if you like what we're doing over here <laughs> be sure to find us on social media um, we have an Instagram page, Dead Ass the Podcast. So be sure to go over there and follow and check us out. And of course, you can find me on my usual handle, Kadeen I Am. And I am Deval. And if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, be sure to rate, review, and subscribe. Dead Ass. Dead Ass is a production of iHeartMedia Podcast Network and is produced by Denora Pena and Tribble. Follow the podcast on social media at Dead Ass the Podcast and never miss a thing. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. It's a simple truth. No matter who you are, mental health challenges can affect you, and how you manage them can make all the difference. That's why everyone should have access to mental health support that meets them where they are and helps them get through. BetterHelp provides online therapy on your schedule. It's flexible, simple to use, and more affordable than in-person therapy. Connect with a licensed therapist selected just for you. Learn more at BetterHelp.com. That's BetterHelp.com. You may have heard that most people who are black have O blood type. O is commonly needed for emergencies. But did you know one in three of us is a match for patients with sickle cell disease? Regardless of blood type, every day our blood saves lives and eases the pain of those living with sickle cell. Donate blood at Red Cross to help us save a life. Black excellence is in our blood. Visit redcrossblood.org slash ourblood to make an appointment now. You know that I feel like it's important to express yourself. You got to put your true self out there. And those classic Crocs, clogs, and sandals let you do that. That's right. Between the rainbow of colors and the gibbets charms, you can create a unique look. And I mean, literally, no one else will have shoes exactly like yours. Hey, you know it doesn't get any more comfortable than the Croc clogs and sandals. They are just the perfect blend of comfort and creativity. Visit Crocs.com to explore the latest styles and gibbets charms. It's time to celebrate Black History Month at the Walmart Black and Unlimited Clock. One at Flatiron Plaza in New York City and one at Ovation Hollywood in Los Angeles from 8 a.m. to 8 p.m. With giveaways dropping every hour on the hour, it's a perfect time to try, like, and share Black-led products. It's free for everyone and it's your chance to see how you can level up your daily routine with Black-led products that are creating a new world of choices at Walmart. Trust, you don't want to miss it.